Alright, greetings you dirty heathens out there in the wastelands of modernity. This is Hyperborean Radio, and we are brought to you in our fucking spare time. So, uh, how are you doing today, Lorekeeper? I'm doing great, and if uh, the those out on the wasteland uh, can't already tell by the dulcet tones of our voices, we came down with a case of disco fever in the last week. Yes. You know, the, the, the flu flu that everyone's been freaking out about for the last two years, that everyone finally... The fin- flu flu. Yes, that everyone's finally, re- finally begun to realize was always the season right. flu. Uh, you know... I hate always being right, but um seems that we're always right. Well, like, and, and only two years ahead of the fucking well, and curve. Even the supposed people in our own spheres were arguing with us that this was either like the worst pan like someone actually tried to claim it was airborne AIDS. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just gonna bring up Air, the airborne AIDS. Airborne AIDS Space AIDS. <laughs> and you don't know the long term effects of space AIDS. It's not the space aids. On the upside, we cured. We absolutely cured the common the the common flu. Yes, it, it doesn't exist anymore. And the cold. And the cold. Yes. Everything. Everything disappeared when the flu flu showed up. Yes. Cancer went away. Heart disease went away. Dying of gunshot wounds. Yeah, that went away. Uh, it's just amazing. Only about two years ahead of the fucking curve, and. Now that um, uh, Project Veritas is actually the one that pushed it to the forefront. So, hey, fucking bravo. Well, and the Danish newspapers are apparently now trying to cover their ass by applying. We're sorry that we didn't didn't question the narrative. We're sorry that we didn't actually do our gosh darn job. They did their job. They reported the propaganda as they was told. Well, all... All major news sources are propaganda now. There's yes. there might be an individual here and there among them. They're just trying to separate the these the Danish newspaper thing as they're trying not to go it. down with the ship. Yeah, that's they're it. the rats swimming onto the the island. Yep, that's it. But that's now that we've gotten in our little bit of gloating. <laughs> well, it, it's like uh, people were pointing out uh, on another show that was bringing this up. You know, it's like you felt like the boy who cried wolf for like two freaking years where everyone was talking about how this is the most lethal thing. Well, and they're talking about all all this stuff that has been coming out in the news about this nonsense. They're talking about it like it's new fucking discoveries. No, if you'd done like me and just followed and looked into stuff, the the information that's coming out now is all of two years old. Uh, I knew it what... Uh, November, December of 2019, I was saying everything that's being said right now. And why? Just because I took the information that they gave and actually looked into it. Well, and I would like to uh, extend a tiny bit of congratulations to the Russians, or at least their news, for having some big hairy balls. Because they're actually not only willing to point out the bullshit that's going on in America, apparently now they're even mentioning, hey, you might want to come over to Siberia. Yes, uh, we I, got lots of land in Siberia. Yes. Uh, I think I'll keep that as plan triple Z with an X yeah. and some stuff. But Well, I'm sure that there would be lots of fucking hoops. They, the, they don't want the poor people. They, they just don't. Well, they don't really want all the white Americans over there. No. Well, and I, really, can you blame them? No. 
No. I mean, because California would bail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The rest of the America doesn't want California. And I know we have some listeners in California. If you're the exception to the rule, get the frick out of there as fast yeah. as you can. And understand, you're the exception to the rule. Because I, yeah. Well, and this brings me to... There are so many things over the last two years that we have gotten crud for, for saying. Mm-hmm. That no one ever said we were wrong. They just basically called us poopy you guys are, You guys are mean. Why are you talking like that? I don't like what you're saying. Well, like the last couple of couple of days um i'm not sure if it's the flu flu or if i've just turned a corner in my tolerance for people but i i've gotten a little bit more punchy than i usually let's am, say it's, so. it's all of the above yeah so the last couple of days i finally decided to start being albeit fairly uh nice in how i do it nice Nah, you're just kind. being gentle. Gentle. Yeah, because the rule is, is always be kind, never be nice. And you being nice, I am proud to say, is something that's happening less and less frequently. But the uh, it was very gentle, but I've been pointing out flaws in a lot of things lately. Like one thing last yesterday's was me pointing out that it's really easy to conflate figures because gods are inherently... If you think about it, they are simultaneously fairly ill-defined and fairly well-defined. And then today, the thing that I decided to talk about was that these genealogies that everyone loves of the gods, like Thor is the son of Odin and et cetera, et cetera. These are all symbolic. Well, um, uh, one, because I got right up in front of me, one of my favorite things. Here, because we've been saying this for a long time, and finally, you managed to get down to um, basically a sentence. If you can't talk about European spirituality without bringing Dravidian nonsense into it, you don't know what you're talking about. It's true, because we've been talking about European spirituality for a couple years now, and we never have to go to any other culture Well, and I- to, to fill in the blanks. There are no blanks that need to be filled in. Well, and here's the thing about our own people, and it's a trait that almost all of us have if you think about it. It, it Combine our natural curiosity with our natural wanderlust, our desire to explore and discover new things. Well, we're curious just by our very nature. It's part of our biospirit. Yeah, you can we see are it in a little very kids. curious creature. Yeah, we, it's, it's like most northern animals. We're very curious when we're little. We want to know everything about everything. We want to find new things. We want to go see new places. This has been, it's not even been corrupted into xenophilia. It's been overemphasized into xenophilia because we've always liked new right. things well, from other places. I mean, the Vikings would take Buddha statues. They weren't venerating you know, this cross-legged Asian, it was just, hey, this is a gold statue of a weird thing. And Let's I've take never known a Hyperborean that wasn't curious about other cultures, but they've taken that, they've taken that, and unless you ex- ex- express it in an extreme way by basically trying to become that other culture, um, then they call you xenophobic. It's like, no, 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 no. Hyperboreans were extremely curious. That's why most Hyperboreans, you go to them, even if they live way out in the middle of the sticks and don't even have access to the, the internet, they have access to books. 
And you can still talk to them about um, South American cultures. You can still talk to them about China and Japan and Africa and, and Dravidia. And they will know at least some things about it because they're curious. They just want to know. It, it's who we are as a people. Well, and denying this is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. It's something I've actually noticed is people try to remove this part of ourselves and it's not natural, but we are, we are the least racially loyal of any of the races. It's just a fact. And, and this is basically why, if you, you might think, want to get to Mike, just a little closer. To uh, you. Okay. This is why, if you think about it though, it's very simple. We are the only ones that are actual competition to ourselves. Yes. So for the way that we do things. Yes. So in other words, we are extremely tribal when it comes to our own clans. That's why you can have two towns that are like three miles from each other that hate each other with a vengeance. And and anybody that lives out in the sticks can, can vouch for that. Yeah. Because this whole thing, they always represent like a hundred years ago. Everyone was hyper racist. That's not true. That's, that's never been the case. Never. Right, but we weren't all inclusive as other groups would want you to be. See, that that's one of the things, and they use it against us all the time, is we are a people of extremes. Yeah, we are. And sim- they, they use it against us all the time because people will be like, oh, no, everybody, everybody was all closed off, and they hated everybody that wasn't directly from their village. And then somebody will say, well, that's not true. Well, you're right. It's not true because they loved everybody from everywhere and it was all inclusive. And look, they brought in people from the Middle East and from Asia and joined them up with the Vikings. No. Uh, no, no, that wasn't the case either. No, it, what it is is like a good example of this is if you actually listen to like historic or listen or read historical journals. It's interesting because the way we treat other races is not how it's represented. Like, Mm-mm. if we get Asian castaways, we're not immediately calling them slurs and putting them into slave labor. Well, yeah, because uh, you you end up uh, delving in, into this a little bit because you're looking more into the history. Now, finding out, yes, there's a lot to be learned from the history in conjunction with the, uh, the folklore. But the other races... Um, have a tendency to describe us, uh, used to describe us as extremely kind, like the the Japanese people that you found. And they was helped every step of the way by, who was it? Oh, yeah, the evil white man. Or uh, the Cherokee Indians. Mm-hmm. They were actually taken over to Europe as like an embassy. People were fascinated by them. Like we had to like, our own people over in England had to like fight back their desire to just like, interact because they were fascinated by these weird looking people mm-hmm. it it wasn't aggression the only reason that we develop aggression towards these other groups is because of negative influences like the reason that a lot of whites in america would get negative opinions or actions towards the Amer indians it's very simple it's because once you've been raided once or twice by these people you tend to not have a high opinion of the people that were, you know, stringing up your three-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there's um, a wide variety of stuff. And for people digging into history, let me see. Well, we're all aware that they're currently right now rewriting history. But this isn't a new thing either. So 
that's why I've always advocated for getting as as close to the source material as possible. And some of the most interesting things will be um, personal diaries. Personal diaries are some of the best things that you can get a hold of because it lets you know what the people on the ground were actually thinking as opposed to opening up a history book about a period of time. It doesn't matter who wrote it. It could have been the best historian in the world. He still has to write it through a particular lens. Well, and if you've noticed, (coughs) the actual historical journals are the least fucked with Mm -hmm. because there's so many of them that they haven't bothered to really edit them. And most of them are out of print, so you basically right. well, have to like find the, them. Well, and like the Cherokee thing, no, modern historians will talk about how horrified the uh, the Cherokee were that went over to England and uh, how the, they was pawed at, and it was horrible, and it was. But yet, when you read the actual um, um, diaries from the time, that is not at all what they was saying. They they was actually like, oh wow, I showed up over here and I, over there, and I'm just instantly like a superstar a celebrity and they're uncomfortable because they're not used to first of all being in a completely foreign land right and they weren't used to that kind of attention either well and it's actually it did make them uncomfortable but they wasn't uncomfortable because they was separate and everybody was pointing and staring and going wow no that's not at all what was happening well that's like even the uh the zoos that existed of like, um, first of all, let this get through your head. There were zoos of black people in Europe up until the 1930s. That means that black people were so uncommon in those countries that the only place you could see them was in zoos. Because if Jamal Jamalson lives three doors down, you're not paying to see them in zoos. Right. That's how uncommon they were. And yet, there's these historical documentaries, I say with massive air quotes. Europe was always diverse. It always had the the black people everywhere and all the Dravidians and all the Asians all thoroughly mixed into into European. No, 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 no. That's just not the way that was. Fortunately, we're not the only ones fighting back against that nonsense anymore. There's some more... Uh, Let's call them middle of the road people that are also beginning to fight back against that. Well, everyone's sick of it. Everyone's sick of it. It's like everyone knows Cupid ain't black. Mm-hmm. Cupid is Cupid. And, and here's the thing is the cults of gods can shift and expand. That's that's why I bring up like Asclepius. He is a Greek god, but he's effectively the god of, excuse me, the god of medicine for all of Western Europe. I'm not sure if you get into the Slavic areas, if he's got the same level of importance, but definitely in the Western cultures, like the ones that have had an extensive influence on America. Yeah. Asclepius is the God of medicine. Oh man. We've, we've had so much build up here before this, uh, this podcast dump, but there there's like, uh, the other day we was talking about priests. Everybody wants these priests. I'm going to go to my priest and ask my priest, and my priest is going to answer my questions. A priest of, of uh, Asclepius. Asclepius is a doctor. Uh, uh, I was actually going to roll with uh, 
the Hippocratic Oath, which is the Hippocrates. Yeah, wow. that's it. Again, a doctor. That That is how it works. You didn't have the generic priest. You had the priest of... Yeah, that's why this doesn't work. Like where everyone's trying to have their Gothies and their Druids and whatever... But that's not to say that the Christian priests are doing it wrong. No, they're doing it right. Well, you do the work of your God on on earth. And what is the priest of Yahweh supposed to be? They're a shepherd for the flock. And what do you shepherd a flock for? To fleece them and eat them. And he's doing, they're doing their job fairly well. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing is, I used to, it's, it's like most things. To lead them around by the nose. And if you can't, then to drive them. Yeah. Because I used to be of the opinion, maybe there's some good priests out there. You know, you can think of like a bunch of fiction. Well, they are good priests. They're good priests because they're doing their, their well, job like, as intended. Oh, I meant good people. But, oh, uh, no, no, no. But the only ones separate. I can think of are fictional, like Friar Tuck, who might have actually been Well, and then the some of the stories. older stories, he the he, Friar Tuck wasn't a Christian friar. He was a pagan holy man. Yeah. Or... um. Uh, Father Brown, because I'll admit, like I have a, I like mystery shows. It's one of my weaknesses in modern media is I, I like mystery shows. So, but I can't think of any actual good priests who are good people by European standards in real life. No, I, I, I mean, you've even met some people. They go to seminary school and they leave. Because they realize it's not what they think. Oh it yeah, is. I've, I've met a few of them that went to just devout Catholics, and then they went to seminary school, and they stopped being Catholics. They're like the worst thing for Catholicism is to learn about Catholicism. The, just like most of the people, well, fully half of the people that leave Christianity, it's because they actually sat down and read the book. Because there, there's a lot of accounts of this online. They actually sat down with the Bible and read it from the front cover straight through to the back cover, just like a regular book, because it just finally dawned on them, this is a book. So they read it like a book, and they're like, what the fuck? Well, and what's hilarious to me is people trying to paganify Christianity. They'll, they'll look into the poc- Apocrypha, which is actually far more interesting, mm-hmm. but it's much less useful for what the Bible's intended for, which is a control mechanism. Um. Or they'll uh, start talking about the shamanic elements of the Old Testament. Yes. Or um, one of my person. What's one of my personal favorites? Uh, but yeah, they they basically try to turn Christianity and by extension like the Old Testament and Judaism closer to a European pagan faith by like talking about this or talking about that and then trying to reframe it. And all it does is make it them look like well, it's weird. Well, same as those people that claim that Christianity is actually a, a white religion. They're everywhere. I mean, you, you can't go three steps without bump it, bumping into one. Well, and here's the thing is Stop. if you look if you look at folk religion, sort of, but that's because folk religion is just, it's a veneer of Christianity painted over the pagan customs. Yeah. Like guardian angels. Or people turning into angels in heaven. There's entire children's There's books about this. nothing in Christianity. That's not that... how this works. They're they're cosmic entities by by like Christian canon. Mm-hmm. I, personally, I think of them as Lovecraftian horrors based on how well, they're actually described. That's because again, that's how they're described. But the way most people view them is cosmic entities. Um, 
You don't get to become a cosmic entity just because you died. Well, and in particular, these cosmic entities, they they think of them from from my experience of talking with these people. They actually view them as like the angels. They're just people with wings and they become cosmic and then they fly through the cosmos, which is heaven and they get little halos. Yeah, it, it's weird, man. It is really weird. And uh, earlier we was talking about Valhalla and how a lot of people have just um, replaced the idea of heaven. They just changed its name to Valhalla. And why is this? It's because people, when, when they was Christian or they weren't Christian, but they would, their family was trying to get them to be Christian, they never read the book. Then they're coming over to paganism. And they do the same thing. Yes, and they're introduced to the Eddas. And then they do the same thing. They never actually read it. Well, because Valhalla is not heaven. No, and it's specifically for the slain. And it is... Well, the warriors. The warriors who are slain. On the battlefield, not just killed. Because there's... Not just died. Because there's many different halls you can go to. There's the Meadow of the Ancestors. There's Hell... Which is basically where the forgotten right. go. But b- back to Valhalla, because that's what everybody... Valhalla! Valhalla and hell. Hell is bad. Valhalla is good. No, 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 no. If you're going to be... It's like what I was telling you earlier. It's like somebody that was only very loosely had any idea at all about Valhalla. And they're like, oh, that is the Viking heaven. And they read that from a historian. They didn't actually read what Valhalla is in the Eddas. And then they start telling other people that Valhalla is the Viking heaven. They also don't read the read the damn book. And they just start regurgitating that Valhalla is heaven. No, that's not what it is. Valhalla is the hall for the warriors slain in battle. You get up every morning. You fight until dusk you die so it's a battle all through the day and then you party all night well deep into the night and then you you rest a little bit and then you get up rinse repeat what kind of heaven is that you have to die every day you fight to the death every day now i'm sure for some people out there they're like oh that sounds like heaven to me you're you're the rarity. I like to fight. To me, that does not sound pleasant to have to fight every day until I die. Uh, because that's Valhalla. Valhalla is not heaven. No. Valhalla is a training ground. Yes. For war. For war, specifically. And basically... Because I've actually had some people argue that when they're trying to convert Christians to paganism, which, first of all, I think is a big mistake in general, uh, to use the conversion method. Yeah. They, it's useful to use Christian parallels, except the Christian parallels are wrong. Yes. When you try to say Jesus is balder, you're wrong. When you try to say... Um, Odin is Yahweh. You're wrong. Well, when you try to say Loki is Satan, you're wrong. What you can do, if you really want to go this route, which I actually advise against, it is actually better to go off of 
yes, you can use Christian concepts, but you have to expand on them. Like, for instance, it is actually easier to explain that, say, and even this is a step in the wrong direction, but whatever. Balder is closer to Aslan from freaking Narnia than he is to Jesus. And he's not, he doesn't even have anything really to do with Aslan. No, either. but he's closer to Aslan than Jesus. <laughs> well, and I, part of that is because C.S. Lewis had like a borderline spiritual experience with, excuse me, with Balder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was partly what eventually inspired him to do the Narnia books, which is why there's so much solar symbolism in Aslan. I don't know. The The easiest way I've had to had explaining it was um, take everything that you know about Christianity, wad it up in a ball, throw it in the trash because ethnic faith has nothing to do with Christianity. No, I've had that discussion with, with Christians before or, or pseudo Christians. And got them to actually understand some of the concepts um, way easier than trying to do comparative mythology. With which comparative mythology is almost consistently done wrong. Comparative mythology is not focusing on what's the same. Comparative mythology is you see these two things that are similar, now focus on the differences. Well, like for instance, thunder. Thunder and lightning are terrifying, if you think about it. Thunder is ridiculously loud and can shake the earth, and lightning can be an insta-kill. So, of course, a ca- uh, it's Can not, be. Can be. So, it's not uncommon for a god of high importance to be attributed either thunder or lightning. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean they are the only gods, but it's a powerful enough instance it's like gods who can control earthquakes tend to be very important too gods of the sea for seafaring folk well through uh, through trying to explain to christians or pseudo christians what ethnic faith is because when, when i first bring it up to them they the first things that they go to is oh you mean that viking religion or and or followed up with wicca or the other way around i'm like Ooh. no and then I begin to explain it to them, and I start off with take take all of your 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 everything that you've been taught in Christianity or know about Christianity, ball that up, throw it to the side. It has nothing to do with what this is, and begin fresh. And then I do the explanation, and I've had more than one tell me that sounds really intriguing, and I would love to follow something like that, but only if there's already a community. And therein lies the problem is, well, and part of it too, is they're looking at me. They want to be like me, but they, they have, all of them that I've talked to that I've gotten interested in it, they all admit that they are not strong enough. They can't do it on their own. They can't do it with only you. Yeah. They they couldn't. Yeah. They, one, they couldn't do it on their own. Two, they couldn't do it with even having just me. Well, and, and is, that's the raw reality of it. I think that's why so many people jump on board with all this other weirdness is because what they're actually after is community. Well, and this is something that has actually happened with us is people think that if they just endlessly regurgitate and try to agree with us, 
that that'll win them some points with us and it doesn't. Oh no. no. Well, because we've actually stated like we don't like Yespin. Because we've had people try to right. get in good with us by just constantly agreeing, and that doesn't win you any points. No. Well, because <laughs> uh, me being me, I'll ask questions. Like when somebody's like, oh, yes, we venerate here. Why? And then they have no answer. And they, they take it as an attack, but it's not. It's an actual genuine question. Why are you artist? Why are you farmer? Why are you tailor? venerating tier well i've seen you just randomly go up to somebody and ask them about their uh fake leg they have oh and with the utmost excitement oh yeah you 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 have this uh, interesting obsession with trying to figure out what's up with that disfigured person over there <laughs> i do uh, i mean i think if you met someone with half their face burned off you'd just be like whoa how'd that happen yes i have done that before but um it, it, it is actually endearing because you are legitimately interested. Uh, but it, it's one of well, those... Yeah, it's, it's my my naive, childish nature, I guess. It, it's an innocence. Well, and it, it is, just bubbles to the top and I can't contain it and I have to know. Well, and here's the thing about our people is we are inherently very innocent. Especially, you'd think this would be the other way around. Especially the males. It's one of the reasons things have gone to sh gone to shit. And this is going to sound like we're trying to blame the females. We're, we're not. Our men are inherently innocent. That's why we're able to do so many silly, stupid, downright deadly things. Let's sail across the world to try and find some way to get to this continent, even though for some reason we think we're going to fall. Let, yeah, side. let's find the edge of the edge of the world. I'm going to be the first one to stand on the edge of the world. We have to we have to have that bit of innocence to basically embrace our crazy. And then we do all these things because if you haven't noticed over the last 50 60 years while well, the men have effectively lost our innocence. Because men by and large nowadays we well, are Well, that's when we become assholes. I've tried to explain this to young girls to be gentle with young boys. And and I'll explain to them. These young boys that like you, it's not like when you like the boy. He falls actually in love with you. Well, it's it's actually men are more romantic than women. We are the ones who, because as much as women love those romance books, you know, like your Romeo and Juliet's, your the Tristan of Isolde, these. Ro these great romance stories that have been written for thousands of years, Psyche and mm -hmm. Eros and all these others, men are the ones that wrote them. Usually devoted to a woman that they were very much in love with. Yes. Now understand that. And then understand that we are that way from the first moment that we awaken to the difference between males and females. Oh, yeah. We, we put our women on a pedestal to our own detriment in all honesty. But generally, because I've, I've watched the, the progression from sweet, innocent boy to raging asshole. And it almost always involves heartbreak. Well, to, to where he becomes pessimistic and, and everything, there's something wrong with everything. It almost always involves heartbreak. Well, and I, under and not just one time, it'll be several times. Well, and, 
Of course, that's not accounting for the psychotic assholes, but those are actually the outliers. Well, and it sounds like we're trying to like make excuses or whatever, but no, it's we are inherently a very, very innocent people, mm-hmm. especially the males. I think this well, is why it's a horrible females- cycle too, because you got the young boy. He, becomes- he gets his heart broke by the young girl, right? And then he gets his heart broke by another young girl, and he gets his heart broke by another young girl. As he's getting older, now this younger girl falls falls for him. So then what's he do? He turns around and breaks her heart. Well, yeah, because here's and the it's thing. It's just a vicious cycle, and we need to break the cycle. Well, and here's the thing. is I'm tired of pussyfooting around this topic because people might take it wrong. Just look at history. Historically, it was perfectly normal for women who had just entered the flowering of womanhood, so 16, 17, 18, to marry a 30-something male. Mm-hmm. We can be cringing about it all and regardless we of what the left says, they weren't forced to. No, no, no. Like That's like when they try to the, argue. The only people that were forced to, to marry this or forced Poli- to marry. political marriages. Yeah, it was political marriages. That's it. It had nothing to do with the bulk of the population. Yeah, it was the kings and queens and the dukes and the the well, and it was lords the princes the as well as the princesses. Yes, that's the thing that. Well, like, yeah, because there's historical complaints from a prince who's I don't know, twenty five, and he's been um, betrothed to a nine year old girl or a six month old girl. He's he like, what am I supposed to do with this? I can't bang her for fifteen freaking years. Yeah, it, so I'm what supposed to be celibate? I mean, it's insane, and it's because this is just political. So it wasn't just, like, that's why you have couples that were both gay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it happened because it was just political. It's like, so long as we crap out an air, I don't care if you've got five little boy toys. Yeah. I mean, it was all political. That's why, like, so many freaking kings had mistresses. It's because they didn't well, really... Well, and uh, the the... The females, like the queens or empresses, they had uh, consorts. That was the male version of uh, of the courtesans. Yeah. And here's the thing. The wife would often pick the mistress because if she picks the mistress, she has power over the mistress. Yes. And she gets to personally select. Right. And as far as the consorts go, the king or the emperor, you'll read about mostly in France, but it actually happened everywhere. But in France, they didn't try hiding it at all. But the king or the emperor would pick the consorts for his queen. Ta-da! Yeah, it's what you're taught in school about this forced marriage crap. They, they're, they're leaving out the part where it was only the political marriages. As far as the marriage between two regular people goes... No, no, no. Well, and it wasn't even Didn't marriage by modern standards. It was no. closer to coupling. <clears throat> It actually was closer in well, many f- ways. For regular people, it was closer to coupling than marriage. Yeah. Well, and that's if you go back, it was basically similar to old heathen marriages, which yeah. was we're coupled. We might have a party, maybe, but we probably just moved in together and started having kids. We might stay together our whole lives. We might tell each other to go fuck off or we'll stab them. Yeah. Sleep with me again. I'll cut your dick off. That's I, I mean, there, there's the whole there's the whole broad spectrum well and here's the thing is like you and i have said this before 
we have in the past occasionally had to edit ourselves because we know how people will take things. Mm-hmm. We're done doing that. Yeah. I, I, I'm tired of it. And, and the reason this for that, isn't a show for people that just that, that don't think. That's the thing. And this is what I think I've come. This to, is not a consumer show. Yeah. Well, here's the big thing. You and I have both realized this. People are always going to take things the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You can't say that because people will. Okay. You know what? If people are going to take me pointing out the historical historicity, and I don't even think that's a word, of the actual ages of typical married couples throughout history, and then try to call me any number of horrible words, which has happened before, typically by middle-aged spinsters, mm-hmm. fuck them. Well, shoot, mm-hmm. even when even when I was a kid, the – okay – when I was a kid, the average age between a, a man and a woman was seven to one year. However, when I then looked at their parents, the age then opened up. And I look at the great-grandparents, the age opened up even more. Because I'm talking to this 80-year-old lady, and she'd tell me how her husband died when he was uh, 75. I'm like, oh, so he died, what, uh, 10 years ago or something like that? Oh, no, he died like 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, which is uh, means she was, what, like tw- uh, in her Yeah, there was younger than him? A lot of them, they'd be separated by kind of ballparking the, the age gaps. But most of them, there'd be a 15 to over, well over 20-year age difference. In some cases, like up to 30 years age difference well like and and they love their husbands dearly well that's like me just using me as an example one of my favorite things is well i'm kind of glad they died when he did um because i still love him if he if he had stayed alive longer i don't know that i would have continued to love him yeah because that's how our people are But like myself, for instance, I can look at pictures of myself in my late teens, early 20s. I look so fucking ridiculous. I had like a crustache and I was really skinny and slim. I was really lanky. I was not really an attractive man. It's it's how we age and that's what. (laughs) Guilty God, you look so old. No, I just don't look like a woman with a penis. Well, because I actually have in the modern day uh, and myself, I'm always, even though I know it happens, I'm oblivious to it until after it's happened, Mm -hmm. but I'll have women come up to me and do like, I've had like women at work will often find excuses to either touch me or have me touch them. Yeah. Or will actually change the way that they do their hair just off from like a, a, a side comment or whatever. Like they, they did their the tips of their hair crayon red. Yeah, I don't really like that. I, I'm more into uh, gir- girls with uh, you nat- know natural hair colors. One week later, back to being a brunette. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I notice these things. I'm just also a Hyperborean male, so I am incredibly oblivious. To right, this until stuff. well after the fact, and that's like, oh. Well, I practically had a girl ask to come. Well, part home of it's our naive nature. Notice. I was so pissed at myself after that. But part of it is our naive nature is we're we're so naive that in many ways we're oblivious. 
but in other ways we're extremely observant. So women, when they say that men are stupid, they're not wrong. We are when it comes to them. Well, and I think that's part of the reason that, because there's actually historical records of this, like the pagans would have like a quote unquote wise woman with them when they would meet for like talks. Mm -hmm. I think it's because our men instinctively know we're very innocent and naive. Mm -hmm. Our women are less so. Well, and both sides need to pick up the fucking slack. Well, both sides need to pick up the slack, both the male and the females. And oh, our yeah. role is actually to protect each other. The oh, women's yeah. role is to protect the males. It's just the, the male's m- role is to protect the females. The men protect physically. We provide the physical protection. No bears, no raiders are getting you while I'm here. Whereas the women defend socially. Mm-hmm. And that is... We are failing on both counts because the men right now just look around. We're inviting the the raiders in. Yeah, and we're weak. I I live in a city. I am so much stronger than any of the males around me. It actually sickens me. And that is not good because I should not be that level of strong because I'm still in the process of deprogramming myself from all these negative traits I gained when I lived in Liberalville. Makes me sick when I, because where I'm from, I'm actually one of the smaller males. Um, well, I, I'm one of two things. Either I'm a giant or I'm short. Either way, I'm a pretty stout guy, so I still fall under the big side. But like in the city, so many of the males are so much smaller than me, even if they're taller. How, what, what the fuck is going on? How can somebody be six inches taller than me and still smaller than I am? And why is it not uncommon for me to be surrounded by white guys, but they're all only shoulder tall yeah, to it's me? Not, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Or when I saw a guy that was literally pear shaped, I'm like, how does yeah, this happen? Actually Pear shape. That that shouldn't even be physically possible. Fat doesn't collect that way on males. I, I, I don't even. I, 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 he was literally pear shaped. It was weird. It should be impossible. It, well, and the only way you get that. has that, to be some actual effort went into that. Like he woke up one day and he said, you know what? I am going to achieve the impossible. I shall be shaped like a pear. I shall turn into a pear. And through be a pear. 10 years. Think like a pear. 10 years of intensive training, he finally managed to achieve his life goal of being shaped like a pear. He is a pear now. But it so on our on the male side, we are weak. There's a lot of weaklings out yeah. there, and it's it, it actually sickens me. And I'm not saying I am the strong. I am nowhere near the strongest. And if I am, woe to us. Mm-hmm. That being said, on the female side, there's a lot of weaklings too. And here's the thing: is women, you don't have to be able to tank a bunch of blows. You don't have to be Lady Hawkeye. You don't have to be Black Widow. You don't have to be Wonder Woman. But you have to. What you have to do is care. Care and be physically strong and willing to fight for your people. Well, and mostly care. Yeah. Because the guys, we should be doing the fighting. It's nice if you can, but your main job is to care. Yeah. You want to be a shield maiden so bad? Start actually defending the males 
from the onslaught of bullshit we get. Because here's the thing is, you women, you know that if a male actually tries to defend you from, I don't know, some verbal bullshit. From like, anything. From anything on Twitter. Anything. Or Facebook. Just just anything. Yeah. Right now, it, it, it's shitty to admit, but right now, we are currently in a situation where the bulk of the fighters... Because of the nature of how the fighting's done, the most talented fighters are going to be female. Or and, feminine. Or or feminine, which is part of the problem with the males. Kind of like our last show where we was talking about, um, I think it's our last show, but dopamine, the anger thing. There's guys, and bravo, they're trying to figure out how to be masculine. Anger. But the thing is, is this anger that they're talking about, it's mostly a feminine trait. Well, and that's the thing is... Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it is a, it is a war. L anger, anger everywhere. It is a war of words. It is a war of reputation. Well, and everybody's mad. Yeah. And everybody's mad. This is the realm. If you want to admit, this is the realm of where women fight. The destruction of reputations, the destruction of by words, mm -hmm. the spreading of insults, rumors, the trading of secrets. These are all things women excel at especially when they want to destroy somebody well uh, for instance because i've been speaking against the whole anger thing a lot and more towards apathy but the apathy is actually not the perfect description either because you do care you just don't care about well it's certain aspects well what it is right now in the modern day is we have apathy within and empathy without Towards right. the other groups. It should be reversed back to its natural order, which is empathy within, apathy without. Right. Which is actually what I'm talking about when I say apathy. It's apathy towards the other. It's not apathy just across the board. Yeah, it's not be apathetic as your only emotion. You are capable of more than one emotion at a time, people. Yes. But do you know one of the things that the men used to do? To help temper. That's actually what they called it. To temper the young men. Is they would intentionally get them angry. Just mad. And they'd be like, oh, poor little baby mad. Poor little baby angry. Go hit something. Maybe it'll fix it. And just all, all kinds of tormenting like that. Until the young guy finally realized, oh, it's okay to be angry. What's not okay is what I'm doing with it. Yes. And that is one of the main things. And could you imagine doing that currently? You see some somebody some some young guy and you're trying to help him and he's he's really fucking mad. Could you imagine how how society at large would react to me standing there going, Oh, poor little baby so mad. Could you imagine the outrage that would happen? I'm, I can hear people right now, and this we we haven't even released this. I can hear people right now getting mad over that tone that I just had. Well, that's not right to do that to mock, to to mock our young men for getting angry. No, that is exactly what you do. Well, because anger is not actually a masculine trait. Not not when you're expressing it in such a way. No, it's. You have to be able to control it. You use it, but you do not let it run away with you. 
And unfortunately, in the manosphere, I think is what it's called, that's basically what they're teaching you to do is, well, it's okay to get mad. It's a masculine thing. And then you let your anger drive you and push you and drag you along. No, 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 no. That's not what you do. No. And I guess the whole and the long and the short of it is people need to look deeper than the surface. People need to be able to understand a broader context. Because as much as I just said that the females are probably, the current battlefield, as it were, is more of a female thing. That doesn't mean men shouldn't fight, but it means we're at an inherent disadvantage. Mm -hmm. Men, we are not geared because we have had what what the modern world, I guess, calls flame wars before. Usually, like, you can think of, like, the the rivalries of Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr or any number of intellectuals that freaking hated each other. But well, and what you say saying earlier, uh, because it's basically the same thing with Twitter and Tweeter and Twatter and all these online social arguments and war, the warfare that's going on. Look at the the males that excel at it. They're all effeminate. Every well, one of them across the fucking board are effeminate. Well, and that's and what, I don't care if you show me Jack Donovan. Well, he's he's masculine. No, he's not. He likes dick. He is he is effeminate. Or Jack, fill in another name because I can't remember what his fucking name Murphy. is. Murphy. He is effeminate. He is an effeminate male. Well, and this is the thing that really is important. I think is that we understand because myself, I manage the social media and stuff. And it's not actually necessarily inherently effeminate to market, but it does require some level of understanding from a feminine point of view. Well, the thing, what I'm talking about is the people that get in online arguments. Ah. The, The social warfare. Which is what these particular people are engaging in is the social warfare. Warfare of words online. And look at these guys. They're, they're, but they're heralds of masculinity. I hang my head and weep. Because these guys are still effeminate. Well, it's like... Um... The Founding Fathers of America... The Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin, they're fairly masculine, but they also had slight effeminate characteristics. Right. And I was going to say, at. at the time, they was actually bagged on for being effeminate. Yeah, and I don't think anyone in the modern day would have the guts to call Benjamin Franklin effeminate. No. But no, he was considered effeminate as well as a womanizer, that he was a womanizer because he was effeminate. Whereas uh, I think the one very masculine one was, uh, at least for the time, would have been Washington. Yeah, and he didn't handle his own press. No. Well, and that's kind of the thing is there's a reason that most male leaders throughout history, they have a press secretary mm-hmm. or they have a, uh, a herald or mm-hmm. they have things of that nature is inherently... There are things men are very good at and things women are very good at. Mm -hmm. And if you try to reach too far in the direction 
of the other sex's um, talents. It requires a shifting of your mentality. That's why most women, when they get really good at fighting or lifting or, I don't know, blacksmithing, they'll still behave uh, feminine, but they gain masculine traits Mm -hmm. mentally as a result of doing these sorts of things. And it's true the other way around. That's why most guys that do um, like fashion design are queer as a $3 bill. Mm -hmm. And those that aren't are still really effeminate. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's true, and it's really it's just the way that it is. Well, it's part of one of the reasons I, because we handle our own social media, we're not the best social media people by no, any no. by any standards. Um, because, like, I actually noticed that I was reinforcing effeminate traits when I used Instagram. Mm -hmm. Which is part of the reason that if you follow us on Instagram, I've been posting there less often and I actually haven't posted like a week is Instagram reinforces not just me, but many people's worst habits. I still like Instagram for well, and it's, what it it's allows. really but... good for that three-second attention span. Ooh, pretty. Ooh, pretty. Ooh, pretty. Well, that's like I've had a lot of – even though I post folklore and uh, stuff there – most of what actually gets up on there, uh, people like it because they like the picture. Yeah. I think most people don't even read the, the uh, yeah. stuff. It's literally, it's just the picture. Ooh, pretty. Ooh, pretty. Well, and here's the thing is I am sick and tired of trying to cater to people who have less attention span than a goldfish. Yeah. All right. But um, we're running out of time. We was kind of all over the place today. But here's the thing. We also wasn't. Um, If. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, go back, listen again, and see if you can figure out what all the, the ties together through the entirety of the conversation is. Because we've been accused of being a little bit schizophrenic. And, uh, well, you guys don't really talk about paganism anymore. That's all that we talk about. I invite you to go through, listen again, and grab a hold of the overall theme. Because it's there. Yes. We are actually really... Uh, focused on on whatever it is that we're talking about the the only issue is is because it can any one of the topics that we talk about can be explored in so many different fields and we don't well we don't cater to consumers we try to cater to people who think who reason who question and questioning doesn't just mean well, I doubt that, so I'm questioning. That's not what questioning is. Questioning is the ability to ask a good question. Yes. And I'll say, here's the thing. If you look at like what we talk about, what we post, whether it's the natural functions of the masculine and feminine, bear milk, Rasputin dancing, brownies, both the dessert and the spirit, gods, spirits, ancestors, fill from down the street, whatever you want. All of these things we talk about, they tie back into the ethnic faith of our people. Just look a little bit closer. The Lord Keeper is out. All right. And yeah, I'm going to uh, just, I'm going to just say, you know, y'all have a good week and uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, don't keep your head down. Don't keep your mouth shut. Do keep your powder dry because shit's about ready to get real.